Having seen what Salah did to Palace, seeing the form that Liverpool are in, in terms of rest time being a concern, right? So Liverpool face United on the Sunday night. They have four days rest before they play Burnley. After they play Burnley, they have seven days rest before they play Spurs. But I think there's a decent chance he gets 90 minutes in both. Thinking back of previous years when we played triple captain, the biggest concern was always, is the guy going to get 180 minutes? And almost always we get screwed somehow. Last year, Mane had that injury and was hauled off in the first match of the double game week. Then we had Kane, I remember getting uh, you know, a one-pointer and a two-pointer from him in a double game week. Now, we're think, talking ahead, right? Game week 19, we don't know what happens between now and then. But if Salah is fit, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for the triple captain. I think it's a better chip than bench boost because it relies on one player being fit for two games. The best player, the best FPL asset in the game, he's playing two games. One of them is a banker against Burnley and one is against United who conceded two to Leeds despite winning 6-2. So I think this is the chance to go for it. I want to get that triple captain chip out of the way. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the FPL Banger Podcast. This is the Game Week 15 preview and it's me, Siva, joined once again by Sam. Sam, how was Game Week 14? Oh, okay. I had a good week actually. Despite um, having a few injury issues in my team, I have James who was announced injured right before the game, so zero points there. Chilwell got injured halfway to one point there. Ings got injured halfway to one point there. So three injury issues in my team right now. Despite that, I had a good week purely because of my captaincy. Fernandez, Bruno, uh, loyal listeners of the pod will know that I've always stand by him and, you know, it was vindicated this week. The great thing about it was that he even scored one point higher than Salah. So I have Salah too, but it was great. Just having that extra two points over Salah Captainess. How was I yours, Siva? <laughs> <sighs> I, I can just smell the smugness coming out of you, Sam. <sighs> I, I had a very tough week. It's not actually that bad. I had the same issues you did, right? I had James. I had Chilwell. So both injured. I had Tariq Lamptey. But then Charlie Taylor came off the bench for me. And I lost 12 points from Charlie Taylor. So close. But at the last minute, Burnley gave away a penalty. I had Fernandez. I had Salah. I had the captaincy on Salah all the way up to Friday evening when the news broke that Salah will not be starting from all the leakers. And this is the problem, right? We know too much information. So how can I captain a guy who is not going to start? I've got to captain a guy who is nailed on to start. And then I start overthinking. I think, you know, Bruno, Bruno Blanks against Sheffield. Maybe I'll try someone else. I'll go for Sun. And basically the logic was Spurs had beaten Leicester 3-0 back in July. All the goals came on the counter. Sun is good on the counter. And what do you know, Sun Blanks, he had some good chances, but he didn't come close to what Bruno did against Leeds. So that's basically my story of my week. I got 59 points. If I had gotten the captaincy right, I would have got, gained something like 15 points. So it's a big swing for me. But, you know, not such a big rank drop. I lost 200k in a week when everyone's gaining, but I'm hopeful that next week I will do better because I have all the players. I've got Sun, Kane, Salah, Bruno. I'm confident. Well, not Kane but De Bruyne, and I'm confident I will move up. Yeah, I'm now one point above you, Siva. I'm just going to say that I feel like you have not been listening to me, you know, all these past weeks of me advocating Bruno. Because the moment we, I heard that Salah was not going to start, my first thought was Bruno. And I expected you to pick Bruno too. I don't know what got into you. 
Well, now you learn your lesson. Always listen to me. Uh, it's just so painful, but I can't, you know, I can't disagree with you. I mean, the way Bruno played against Leeds and Leeds just played so open. Anyway, you know, it's in the past and it worked out for you, Sam. And, you know, glad to see that you've, you know, we're keeping rank with each other. Let's push ahead. Let's talk about the agenda for today. The big news is blank game week 18 and double game week 19. Those have been announced now. So we'll talk about our plans going forward for those game weeks. We'll also, within that uh, discussion, talk about plans for those with a wildcard, their first wildcard, and those who don't have it, like us. We'll talk about Chilwell, James, and Lamptey replacements, as well as a small section on Ings replacements, what to do about Spurs assets who have a fixture swing in game week 16, KDB, and finally Captain C going forward. Let's start off with the blank week, Sam. Now, blank game week 18 has been announced and basically there will only be five matches. So that means a total of 10 teams are going to miss out. Then you have that immediately followed by double game week 19. And the big highlights there, you have Liverpool with a massive double against Burnley and United. United themselves have a double against Liverpool and Fulham. What are your plans going forward, Sam? You and I both don't have the first wild card. How are you planning to approach these doubles and blanks? What chips are you planning to deploy? I guess it's all team specific, right? So let's start with the blank game week 18 first. There's only five fixtures. And I think for most of us, we'll probably have to use our free hit to navigate this. From that five fixtures, the first one is Sheffield, Newcastle. I think that most people will probably have Wilson only from that fixture. Then you have Wolves and Everton. Uh, we might have DCL. Some people still have James Rodriguez. From Wolves, some people may have Neto or Podence. But beyond that, I don't think much of us or any of us have more than that. City, okay, you know, some people have KDB, some people have DS. Mm, very few have Sterling. But uh, you get what I'm saying. There's not many players who we probably have or are so-called template picks in these fixtures. Brighton, I doubt anyone has them. Spurs, Villa, maybe, you know, Grealish, some people have uh, a defender, a keeper, a striker. Spurs, you got Sun and Kane. And then Arsenal and Crystal Palace, I think most people don't even have anyone from those, except maybe Zaha. So, it's tough or slim pickings in these few fixtures. In my opinion, it's best to just free hit this load up on certain players, maybe um, Spurs players, or, or definitely try and get three City players. And then we'll tackle the double game week with either a bench boost or a triple captain. But um, let's just stick to the blank game week first. In my opinion, free hit is probably the way to go. I doubt most people have the free transfers or that their current team is able to cope with the, the blank game week. So free hit is probably necessary. And even if you can do it with free transfers, why would you want to bring in all these players? You know what I mean? None of them really speaks of long-term potential. So free hit for me on 18. What do you think, Seva? I'm totally with you. I've seen some people advocating for trying to just manage this week, uh, game week 18, with just a few transfers, maybe just play seven or eight players, and then free hit in the double. And I can see the temptation because this is not a particularly enticing game week, right? There are no standout fixtures. Uh, Spurs have a tough fixture against Villa. City have Brighton. Nothing here where you can sort of load up and enjoy such a big, you know, free hit, so to speak. But even then, I still think the most important point here, like you mentioned, Sam, I don't think you want Newcastle players going forward. You probably don't want 
Everton players Wilson, safe. So, okay. Aside from Wilson, yeah. If you had seen Wilson play this week, Sam, you, you, I would seriously question whether you still want Wilson. No, but, honestly, I think he's one of those players where, sorry, we are diverting a bit. But Wilson is one of those players who they can play badly, but you know there's always a pen in there somewhere. And he's so cheap, it's okay to keep, you know, through any fixture because he could win a pen in any fixture. But anyway, um, <laughs> let's go back to the blank game week. Yeah, Wilson has started getting pens even when the fouls are outside the box, which is very impressive. But <laughs> let's, let's, can't ask let's... For <laughs> But yeah, coming back to the blank game week, my feeling is just this. You probably don't want to hold on to so many of these players uh, for such a long period. If you try and do this by way of free transfers, you're just going to unbalance your team. You'll have, you know, three City, double Spurs, an Arsenal or Palace player, Everton, Newcastle. If you don't have a free hit, I can totally get that. Try and just aim for eight, seven to eight players. That I can understand. But if you have a free hit, I feel this is the time to use it. It's a big blank. You you know want to keep on the people like Salah, Bruno, and Bamford, Adams, so many other players that you have in your team. Liverpool defense, Chelsea defense. So if you want to keep hold of all those people, free hit is the way to go for me. Let's... Uh, yep. Go straight uh, from that. Sorry, before oh, yes. we move on, I would say that the best way to optimize the blank game week free hit is to just load up on specific teams. It is the one game week where you can take a risk like this if you're playing a free hit. So instead of trying to get, you know, one from Newcastle and one from Everton and one from Wolves or something like that, just try and max it out. Like three City, three Spurs, you know... Um, it's kind of go big or go home anyway because even if it doesn't work out it can't be that bad because it is a blank game week anyway so i think this is the way to really you know push through and if your your gamble works and the three players you pick from city let's say city beats brighton 5-0 then you know it really pays off for you so just a little side note there in my opinion that's the best way to to play a free hit yeah i totally agree and for those just looking ahead because we posted this uh, on Twitter a few days ago and you you have seen this possibly on Ben Krellin's page there will be a blank game week in game week 29 that is because of the league cup final so there will be probably four teams blanking some people are asking maybe you want to save free hit until then I don't see it that way because if only four teams are blanking you can probably get through that with a few hits so this is a bigger blank this blank comes now and it's right next to a double game week so I think the free hit has to go here. Yep, 100% agree. Let's move on to double game week 19. Here's where it gets a bit more tricky because while all of us uh, are planning, well, most of us are planning to free hit in 18, double game week 19, there's a lot of different strategies. Some people are talking about triple captain. The triple captain choice here being Salah or Bruno. Salah has Burnley and United. Bruno has Uni- Liverpool and Fulham. Other people are talking about a bench boost. When we first had the doubles announced, my first thought was bench boost this because you have cheap assets with decent fixtures. West Ham have a decent double. They play Burnley and West Brom. So you can have people like Suchek, Kufal. You've got Leeds who have a double. You can have people like Dallas, Ailing, And you've even got West Brom with the double. So Johnston can come in. So that was my first thought was to go for try and just maximize a bench boost here because you have cheap assets you can put on the bench and get the bench boost out. But as I've started to, uh, as the game weeks have progressed, and this week in particular, we've had James out injured, Chilwell out, Lamptey out. 
For me personally, I can't see how I still bench boost at this point. I'm most likely just going to do a triple captain because I will struggle to get a team. I will compromise my team quite badly if I'm trying to have a playable bench. What are your thoughts, Sam? Yeah, actually pretty much the same as you. So when it was first announced, just like you, I looked at the fixtures and figured bench boost is the way to go. Just like you said, there are plenty of uh, cheap players from the double game week teams who have good potential, you know, Suchek and, uh, you know, all the players you mentioned earlier. Of course, this is very, very team specific, right? So in my opinion, it's okay to take at most minus eight to get in a full playing bench, especially if you're like me and Siva with no one on your bench. The fixtures were announced early enough that I could even do it in a free transfer. So I took a look at my team. I planned out my free transfers from from that uh, previous game week all the way to the double. And I realized just by free transfers alone, without any hits, I could get a full playing uh, double game week team. Well, not all of them are playing the double, but at least a full playing team, which is good enough. But with the injuries that happened with Chilwell injured, James injured, Ings injured, three players who have double game weeks who I were not planning to transfer out, it totally ruined my plan. So right now, just like Yusiva, I'm leaning on triple captain, just building a good double game week team and probably putting the triple captain on either Salah or Bruno. But I mean, because it's very, the strategy is very team specific. So my advice to the listeners is first take a look at your current team, work out how many players you have for the double game week. And then uh, take into account your bench. Do you have a playing bench? And even if they are playing bench, maybe you could use your free transfer to upgrade. Let's say if you're upgrading a 4.5 midfielder who can do nothing to Suchek, who is just 0.5 above, but has good potential to score you points. So take into account all of that. Take into account how many transfers you will need from now until then. Keep in mind that if you play your free hit, that week doesn't count. Any transfers you make that week will be reverted. So you just keep that in mind when you're planning it. And then, based on that, see how many hits you will need to take if you want to feel a bench boost. I still feel it is a good week to bench boost if you can. Unfortunately, injuries have ruined my plan, so I'm moving to triple captain. But if you can, I would still advocate to do a bench boost. But in my opinion, no more than a minus 8. If you have to do a minus 12, um, just to get a second playing keeper, I would advise against it and just play a bench boost even though your keeper doesn't play. After all, the cheapest keeper you could probably get is Johnston, who plays the, the double game week. And, you know, at most he can probably give you... I mean, you're really ambitious if you think West Brom can even keep one clean sheet in those two fixtures. You know what I mean? Most likely, he'll return you two points, two points, that's four points or even less. And then it's not worth a minus four. So in my opinion, don't take a minus four to bring in a keeper unless you're going to go premium. But even then, I'm not sure if that's the right long-term move. But yeah, in conclusion, <laughs> don't take more than a minus eight, in my opinion. I, I don't like how you're dismissing West Brom's chances, Sam. They just appointed Sam Allardyce, the England manager with a 100% win record. He only had one game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they but, actually have good fixtures. Sam, I guess, decent fixtures. They're playing Wolves first who has not been playing eye-catching, attractive, attacking football. And second, they have West Ham. Now, West Ham has been doing quite well, though, so I don't really rate their chances. But like you said, Big Sam could work his magic. 
So, you know, monitor West Brom, how they perform in the next few weeks. If suddenly they become a proper defensive Big Sam team, then yeah, I think having a West Brom defender is cheap and, you know, good chance. I think what you said earlier, Sam, coming back to the question of whether you bench boost a triple captain and how it's very team-specific, it's also very chip-specific. For those who have a first wildcard, it's a lot easier to try and work out a bench boost because your first wildcard expires uh, before game week 16. You have to use it by then. And if you activate it just before then and you are able to load up your bench carefully, you can have a playing bench right there. Of course, you have the same issue that we have, which is you have to hope there are no uh, string of injuries. But I don't think we're likely to get the same thing that happened to us this week with three injuries all bang at once. So for first wildcarders, there's a lot more flexibility in going for the bench boost. And like you say, for those who don't have you know, this avenue and have to take big hits, it's okay because there will be other double game weeks. Uh, if you come back to what Ben Krellin has said this week, there will be a double game week in game week 26. Now, this double game week is supposed to be a big one. We're not sure how big it'll be, what kind of fixtures are there. We don't know any of that. But you'll have your second wildcard by then. And you can use your second wildcard to prepare for a bench boost then. And you can use hits to prepare for the game, blank game week in 29. So it doesn't mean just because you don't use bench boost now that the chip is completely wasted. I would also like to know, Sam, what do you think about bench boosting versus triple captain? Because a bench boost relies on, let's assume there are no hits. A bench boost would rely on somebody like Johnston, Suchek, Kufal, Dallas. That versus a triple captain chip on Salah. Now, triple captain on Salah against United and Burnley. Salah could possibly get 20 points total, 30 maybe. You times that by three. If it's a triple captain, you can get 90 points. Whereas if you take a bench boost, maybe you get, what, 20, 30 points? What do you think about that? So there is definitely good potential for a triple captain. So like you were saying earlier, if you can't bench boost this time, don't feel like you wasted. After all, I think two home games for Salah, two away games for Bruno doesn't get much better than a triple captain for that. The only concern with a triple captain is the playing time. The games are quite close to each other. Not very close, but, you know, um, United plays, uh, Liverpool plays United on Monday, or sorry, Sunday night. And then they play again on Wednesday night. So, uh, Wednesday night for United, Liverpool has a longer break in between. So that's the risk you take when you try to do a triple captain. But I feel both are equally good. My I would lean towards bench boost as a first choice option if you can. Purely because there are just so many cheap, so-called cheap players who are having double game weeks now. It's easy to build a playing bench. Whereas we don't know how the next fixture will go. If there aren't as many enabler options, then you know it's quite hard to build a good bench boost team in the other upcoming double game week. But again, this is all speculation. We don't know the exact fixtures yet. But just looking at it right now, bench boost would be my first choice if I could. Interesting. I'm I like I said before we started this week, I was definitely feeling the same way. But having seen what Salah did to Palace, you seeing the form that Liverpool are in. In terms of rest time being a concern, right? So Liverpool face United on the Sunday night. They have four days rest before they play Burnley. After they play Burnley, they have seven days rest before they play Spurs. 
I think there's a decent chance Salah gets, well, you know, who knows these days, right? Salah getting benched against Palace was not something we saw coming. But I think there's a decent chance he gets 90 minutes in both. And thinking back of previous years when we played triple captain, the biggest concern was always, is the guy going to get 180 minutes? And almost always we get screwed somehow. Last year, Mane had that injury and was hauled off in the first match of the double game week. Then we had Kane, I remember getting... Uh, you know, a one-pointer and a two-pointer from him in a double game week. This, now we're think, talking ahead, right? Game week 19, we don't know what happens between now and then. But if Salah is fit, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for the triple captain. I think it's a better chip than bench boost because it relies on one player being fit for two games. And it relies, we have one the best player, the best FPL asset in the game. He's playing two games. One of them is a banker against Burnley. And one is against United, who conceded two to Leeds despite winning 6-2. So I think this is the chance to go for it. I want to get that triple captainship out of the way. Yep, I think it's all fair points. Uh, a bench boost would be good. Triple captain is definitely good too. I don't think there are any bad options here. <laughs> Except the people trying to use their free hit on the double gaming. That's a bad strategy in my opinion. Don't do that. Why, Sam? Just expand on that. I mean, I know what you're getting at, but just explain. I feel the free hit chip is just best worked for blank game weeks. Because you don't want to sort of use your free transfers to build a team to navigate through the blank game week and then be stuck with that team for the next few fixtures. So in my opinion, every year since they introduced it, the free hit should always be used on a blank. And the triple captain and bench boost you use on a double game week. I think, like what you said earlier, Sam, it's kind of team specific. So... It helps that you and I have teams where we have, you know, six to seven players who have doubles. Other people may have a team with six to seven or eight players who have a game in the blank game week, but not doubles. And I think for those guys, I can understand why you play the free hit, because you're sort of equipped to deal with the blank. You're not equipped to deal with the double. So I think it's team specific. If you've got a team that's already got, you know, triple city, triple spurs, some Villa players, Everton, Wolves, and you're set up to deal with that blank, then I can understand you free hit in the double because it's easier for you. It's a good point, but I would still argue that you should just use your triple captain in the in the double, you know what I mean? But anyway, yeah, let's, let's move on. We've got a question here from Cyrus, and Cyrus is asking, for those who still have their wildcard, when should they use it and who to bring in? When to use it? I think it's very simple. Team-specific again, but game week 16 is probably where you want to aim. Your only catch is there's a very small window between 15 and 16 around Christmas. So just make sure your family's okay with you sitting and messing about with your wild card. In terms of players you want to get, Sam, and I thought we can address all the issues we have this week. Chilwell, Lamptey, James, Ings, all of that we can address in the context of a team to aim for uh, going forward in the next few weeks. Not just for those who have a wild card, but those who don't have it. Let's start off with the best options for goalkeepers. Our first question comes from Adri. Adri says, if I have 9.2 million to spend on two goalkeepers, which two goalkeepers should I go for? Basically, which budget goalkeepers should you go for? Who would you look at, Sam? Are we looking at long-term? Uh, you know, the next few game weeks, or are we just looking at the double game week? Taking it from now up to and including the double game week. So for people like you and me, Sam, we don't have a wildcard. If you get a keeper in now, he's staying with you for the double. And even for those with a wildcard, it's the same thing. So basically, who are the keepers you would go for, particularly on a bench boost? Okay, so I guess, in my opinion, the number one keeper option to have right now is Martinez. He has 
two double game weeks coming up sometime. Not he's not gonna have the double in game week nineteen, but you know somewhere down the line he'll have two. Villa have decent clean sheet chances. When they do keep clean sheets, most of the time he will get a bonus. He didn't this week, but most of the time he does. Good save potential too, and good fixtures. Uh not to say good, but oh wait, sorry, <laughs> I read it the wrong way. He has bad fixtures. Crystal Palace next, but followed by Chelsea, United, Spurs. But then after that, Everton, Burnley, Southampton, West Ham, Arsenal, easy fixture there. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah. So Martinez, in my opinion, number one keeper pick to have. Price has been going up, but still decent. Second choice, I would say, is... Oh, it's a bit tough, isn't it? Um, McCarthy, I would say. Southampton, again have decent defense. You know, they can keep clean sheets here and there. Obviously, these keepers are not going to get you the same number of clean sheets as a premium keeper. But what you're looking for is the occasional clean sheet, good bonus points, safe points. And I think uh, McCarthy does tick those boxes too. But if you're talking about double game week, your second keeper, unless you plan to rotate, which I don't really recommend, I prefer just having one playing keeper. So if you want a second keeper just for the double game week, should go for the cheapest, which is Johnston. As I mentioned earlier, he has decent fixtures in the double, uh, I don't know, decent chance of getting a clean sheet, a save or penalty save somewhere. But yeah, he's the cheapest possible keeper you could get. So if I was, you know, going to spend money on a second keeper, it would be Johnston. And just in Johnson's favour, he leads the league for saves this season. He's got 63 saves. And then it's Meslier with 56, Darlow at 55. So in terms of save points, Johnson's going to get you save points because West Brom give up shots. Now, this is how they played with Billich. We don't know how Allardyce will change that style of play. But I think he's decent enough. And because he plays for, let's be honest, a bad team, you're not going to feel so bad about putting Johnson on your bench if you have, say, McCarthy and Johnston you can run with that because you're benching a keeper from a lesser team. You're going to have a lot more, uh, I would say, you know, regret if you start benching Martinez on a regular basis. And you've got to carry these people beyond game week 19. Yep. Meslier is an option from Leeds, but in my opinion, it's better to get the defenders. It's about the same price and they have a lot more points potential than Meslier. So I will forego Meslier to get a Leeds defender instead. Agreed. And unfortunately, it's not just Meslier who I might forego. I would also forego Areola because although he has a double and he's probably going to make some saves, Fulham played Chelsea and United in the double. That's as bad as it gets. Yeah, yeah. Don't get any Fulham defenders during the double, despite how cheap they are. And with regards to bigger options, right? Fabianski, Pope, great to have. Yes, they have doubles, but they're expensive. So if it works in your team structure, great, but they wouldn't be my first choice either. Agreed, agreed. Of course, you could keep Pope as your main keeper for the rest of the season. And I think he is a good option right now. But again, expensive. So if you're not looking to have a mid-price keeper and you only want to stick with the budgets, then you have to forego one of them. Yeah, and I think if you look at the table for points and keepers, there's not a big difference between any of these guys. There's not a huge gap between Pope and the rest. Uh, Martinez currently leads. You say that, but I had Ryan for the longest time. And there is a very big difference. The, uh, the guy who took Ryan's place, like, pretty much got half his points in one game, you know? 
Ryan's terrible. He has been terrible this year. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I've moved on from Ryan, so let's move on from that topic. So let's come to defenders. Enough of keeper chat. All right, so we're going to talk about defenders in general to have over the next few weeks leading up to the double. We are going to talk about defenders in the context of replacing Chilwell, James and Lamptey. We are recording on Tuesday night, so we don't know what is going to happen with them. But we are going to proceed on the assumption that you may need a replacement for them by Friday. And these are the guys we're looking at. Now, defender stats for the last six game weeks. This is from Gunnar FPL, taking this from FF Scout. Top for big chances created over the last six game weeks. Robo, Justin and Dean, three each. Touches in the final third, Robo, Cancelo and Justin. Expected assists, Robo, Kufal, Cahill and Reese James. I don't know how Cahill gets here. <laughs> Shots on target, Reese James, Dallas, Dunk, Maguire. Interesting. First question coming to us from Joseph, loyal listener. Could you guys maybe spare a couple of minutes for the classic Trent v. Robo? With Chilwell out, seems like a good time. Now, just some stats before we get into it. Liverpool back in form. Trent has been playing the last two games full 90. And in these last two games, it's amazing these stats. Robo and Trent. Final third passes, Robo leads him 58 to 54. Crosses, Robo leads 16 to 7. Corners, Robo leads 7 to 4. And two free kicks over Trent zero. So Robo's leading him, not by much, but in all the metrics. Both of them got an assist this week. They are now the same price. So price is no longer an issue. If you have to pick one, Sam, who is it going to be? So if I had to pick one now, it would be Robo. Simply because he's playing better, right? But you have to kind of take into account that Trent is just coming back from his injury. Not really 100% back to where he was. But you can see glimpses of it when you watch the Liverpool game. So... Right now, if you had to pick now, I would go for Robo, definitely. In two weeks' time, things could change and Trent could seem like the better option. Trent initially was 0.5 more than Robo, now they're both at the same price. Which is kind of crazy because if you put them at the same price at the start of the season, I think 100% everyone would have gone for Trent. But so, in my opinion right now, Robo is the way to go. I'm in agreement with you. I think Robo is the guy who's been showing the form, his underlying stats you know, back to the start of the season, have been better. The only reason you go for Trent is because you really just want to be differential, which I can understand. Trent's got direct free kicks. Even then, Robo is a differential right now because most people don't have Robertson anymore. Interesting. Robertson's ownership is only 20%. You're right, Sam. It's it's not as high as I thought it would be. And I think that's a lot to do with the fact that Liverpool had that slight downturn in form. But now they're clearly back and they're solid. The fixtures are really good. They play West Brom, Newcastle, and Southampton. And then it's a blank, and then it's United, Burnley. You know, there's chances here for at least three, if not four clean sheets. And they get attacking returns. Yep, agreed. So I think Robertson is just a safer pick right now. That said, I don't think Trent is a bad pick either. If you are... You have an appetite for risk. You want to go for a riskier because Trent definitely has a bigger ceiling compared to Robo. Then go Trent, you know. Would you consider doubling up? Or no. Is that just too much cash? I think there's too much, man. <laughs> there's too there's so many options in midfield and forwards this year. So little clean sheets compared to what you normally get. 
that I feel that money is best spent FPL-wise this year in the attack, in the midfield or strikers. And you can see because at this point, I think we already had um, three, four, four players who crossed the 100 points mark already. Yeah, and actually we've had five. Salah, Sun, Bruno, Kane and Vardy all have crossed 100 points. Ah, I didn't, okay. I, I missed out on Vardy, yeah. Okay, so you're saying that there is uh, more value in midfielders and forwards this season. So would you then say that Diaz is a better pick at 5.7 than Robo at 7.2? I don't know if he's a better pick because at 5.7, you expect some kind of attacking returns. He's come close, but not really there. Clean sheets is great though. City seems to be the most consistent in keeping clean sheets right now. I don't know. To me, 5.7 is a lot just to get a a player who just get cleans, you know? <laughs> no bonus points, no goals, no assists, just clean sheets. Just seems a bit too much for me. I would rather put more money in and get Robo because you know there's assist potential, uh, you know, even goal scoring potential and bonus potential. He definitely cleans up the bonus points. You say no bonus, Sam, but Diaz got three bonus this week against Southampton. Of course, a low-scoring game. But City seem to be emphasizing more on defense this season. Guardiola seems to be focusing on that, especially since the 5-2 defeat to Leicester. I think you might get some occasional bonuses with Diaz. Not a lot, because, you know, attacking returns will take away from that. This is his first time getting bonus points. That's true. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I think it's just an outlier. Since 5.7 is too expensive for you, Sam, to just get clean sheets, what about John Stones at 4.9? Pep just said this week about John Stones. He's, he's, he's an incredibly nice person. His mom and dad must be so proud of what a nice person <laughs> he is. This is typical Pep talk for I'm going to bench him next game. I know we joke about it a lot, but it happens so much. How much he was talking about Cancelo before he got benched. How well he's talking about Foden every time Foden plays, but yet he never plays Foden. He, you know, he talked big about, I can't even remember his name, young Spanish, Ferran Torres. You know, at a game where Ferran Torres played striker, he was like, oh, you know, he's really good. He brings a lot to the team. And then next thing he puts Mares as a striker and benches him. I, I wouldn't read. In fact, from this point onwards, I'm just going to disregard anything Pep says. He holds zero value FPL-wise. But anyway... He Stones, yes, he's been playing with GS the past few games, but we all know that Laporte is actually the second best defender there. Now, Pep says that Stones partner DS better, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. But who knows? In a few weeks' time, it could be Laporte partnering DS. So, just the, the rotation risk is too big there for me. I wouldn't go for Stones. If it gives you some comfort, listeners, if you're thinking about City defenders and why we're not being as positive on them. Okay, Newcastle next, but then after that's Everton-Chelsea. They don't have a double, but then they have great fixtures after the double because it's uh, Brighton, Crystal Palace, West Brom, Sheffield, and Burnley. So, personally, I may look to hold off and then get them there. But if you're willing to take the risk and go ahead with stones, you know, go ahead. But as usual, as we say with all pep players, have a playing bench. Have somebody on your bench to come on in case stones gets benched. Because you know it'll happen. It happened against West Brom. It's going to happen again. Yeah, plus, I think them not playing the double game week is a big put-off right now because most of us are building towards the double game week. 
interesting that you say that, Sam. So on a double game week team for a double game week nineteen team, would you not have any single game week players? No, I wouldn't say that. But I mean, if you're going to spend a transfer right now, you should at least. There are good options who are playing double game week, so you know you should try to bring in players who are who are going to have a double game week. I will have single game week players because I'm definitely not taking DCL out of my team. I'm not taking Sun out of my team. I'm not taking Martinez out of my team. So these are the single game week players that I would have. But aside from that, I think every transfer I bring in now, I would try to bring in a player who has a double game week fixture. Interesting. So I take it that you're not interested at Eric Dyer at 5.0? No, I'm not. I mean... Like I said earlier, then you will have a single game week player, which I think is not ideal if you're spending a transfer to bring them in. You could go for, I don't know, Cresswell. West Ham has great fixtures coming up. I think we're going to get there soon, but yeah, West Ham has great fixtures coming up. They have good double game week fixtures too, and good clean sheet potentials even during these next few weeks. Let's talk about West Ham then, because uh, coming to the budget defenders, right? You have Cresswell and Kufal from West Ham. Cresswell, since game week 10, Cresswell has 27 crosses, Kufal has 26. Cresswell has the corners, Kufal doesn't. But he's done well, both of them have one assist since game week 10. I feel at this point, although you have Cresswell's app, I know you do, I think I would just have Kufal at 4.6. Yeah, I actually agree right now. I think um, earlier on, Cresswell's stats were like hits above any other defender. You know, but it seems to have leveled off, and now Kufal is actually doing quite well. He seems to be always in the mix of bonus points too. So, if I had to make a decision now, I would go for Kufal over Cresswell. What about Dallas and Charlie Taylor? Dallas back to back goals, uh, scored again against United this week. Leeds don't seem to get a lot of clean sheets with their style of play, but he's so attacking. Sometimes he even plays in midfield. Charlie Taylor, I have Charlie Taylor. What a legend. You know, another another five points this week. Since game week eight, Charlie Taylor has 34 points. Ruben Diaz has 29. You know, why do we even need City defenders? Just get Charlie Taylor. Burnley are a defensive first team. They go out there trying to keep a clean sheet. So you know they will fight for it. They may not always get it, but that's always their intention. I think Charlie Taylor is the next best guy after Kufal. Yeah, I agree actually. Although they don't really have the best of double game week fixtures, they play West Ham and then after that they're playing Liverpool. But their normal fixtures is actually pretty decent. Just taking a quick look at their next few fixtures, they have Leeds, Sheffield and Fulham. So that's pretty good fixtures coming up. And Taylor, you know, he has decent assist potential. He's pretty nailed in that team. 4.5 is cheap. So Taylor would be my second choice, followed by the Leeds defenders. You have Dallas, you have Ailing, you have Alioski, you have Cooper. So of all of these, Dallas is the best option, I think, attacking-wise. But he is also the most expensive at 4.7. If you want to go cheaper, you have Ailing, 4.5. Alioski and Cooper are 4.4, I think. Cooper seems nailed there. Alioski has the... You know, sometimes he goes off at 45 minutes for some reason. But that said, leads don't seem like they're going to keep a lot of clean sheets. So you're just relying on the very occasional clean sheet and attacking potential. 
so I I I don't know. I'm not that big on the Leeds defenders right now. I'm totally opposed to getting any Leeds defender at this point after what I saw against United. I'm starting to be very concerned about the fact that we already know that Bielsa, for those of you who don't know, Bielsa has always been a very, shall we say, stubborn manager, stuck to his principles. He plays one the football one way. He did this with Chile. He's done this in all his previous teams. Attack, attack, attack. And my concern is other teams will look at how United beat them, how United just sat back, hit them on the counter, and they will see that and say, okay, we'll do that too. And if this, if they're going to get beaten, you know, 4-5-0 regularly, they'll have games where they crush teams who sit back and, you know, try and defend against the Leeds attack, which is, you know, attacking in numbers. But they're going to lose games heavily. If you had Ailing this week, you know, you're probably getting a minus one. So I just don't think it's worth the trouble. I would much rather have a budget defender from a team like Burnley, like West Ham, who their instinct first is try and sit on and hold to what they have. Agreed, agreed. What about James Justin, Sam? We still don't know whether Ricardo Pereira is coming back. And James Justin, I, I feel really stupid. Like so many people who, again, you know, we're too smart for our own good. We know too much. We think, ah, I'm not going to get Justin, you know, because Ricardo's coming back. Justin has been returning points for fun. He's got 57 points already this season. He should have had an assist against Spurs. You know, that Madison goal was, was chalked off for a minor offside. He's doing so well. Is it time to just forget about Ricardo Pereira? Just get James Justin in. He plays for Leicester. Good team. They have a double. He's in form. He's playing so well. I don't know if you can forget about Pereira because I know it seems vague. No, not the vague is not the word. It, there's no news on Pereira right now. You know, it's so no one knows when is he coming back. Seems like he's coming back soon and then next thing you know, it's longer and longer. But he will be back someday. And definitely, I think that Justin will lose his place as well as he's been playing. Pereira on the right, Castagne on the left. Then there's no space for Justin anymore. Until then, though, his place is safe. He's a good option. Still pretty cheap. So if you don't mind the risk or the fact that you'll need to make another transfer down the road, whenever that may be, I think Justin is a good call. He has decent fixtures too in the double game week. So... Justin's alright if you don't mind the fact that you will have another transfer lined up for him. But if you are like me, who prefer your players nailed somewhat, then I would stay off Justin. Personally, I am going to stay off Justin. I hate him so much though. (laughs) Every time I see Justin get a clean sheet or goal assist or whatever, I just, I don't know. I have something against him right now. It's because he's in all those Game Week 1 teams, right? And every time he scores, all those Game Week 1 teams come back and murder us. And it's like, it's an instant rank drop every time Leicester keep a clean sheet. And for that, just for my own sanity, I'm seriously considering Justin just getting him in so I I don't have to sit and worry about my green arrows being taken away on the last, you know, game of the week. Let's just finish up this section on defenders with the Southampton defense. Vestergaard, Bednarek. Vestergaard now up to 5. Bednarek still at 4.6. Fixtures are decent. They play Fulham, West Ham, Liverpool. Then it's a blank Leicester, Leeds, Arsenal. Maybe mixed to decent fixtures. Vestergaard scored three times this season. Benarek has a goal and assist. You've also Carl Walker-Peters at 4.7. Would you go for any of these guys ahead of the other options we talked about? Talk, looking at the double game week, they play away against Leicester, away against Leeds. Those are hard fixtures to keep clean sheets in. 
That said, Vestergaard has an insane goal threat, definitely helped by Ward Prowse's um, free kick ability. Even benefits Benadrek, who, despite being their so called lesser goal threat, also has one goal and one assist. That's it. Vestergaard is really expensive right now at 5.0, but has good fixtures. Um, Fulham, West Ham is okay. Of course, Liverpool is tough. So, ah. It's, it's really tough. He said at this awkward price point, right? Westergaard. Definitely, I would not consider KWP right now at 4.7. I would rather go Benadrek over him. I don't know. Um, ah, if you're looking for a 5.0 defender, I think he's the best option right now. Let's put it that way. Okay, let's just sum up because we talked a lot about all these defenders. Let's just sum it up now. Best option to replace either Chilwell or James Sam. In the premium bracket, I think we agreed it's Robertson. In the mid-price range, so sort of, you know, five to six, who is your guy? Or do you just skip all of those guys, go straight down to the budget guys? I think Zuma's alright. Although I don't know how well defensively Chelsea will perform without Chilwell and James, but you could argue even better maybe because Chilwell and James are pretty attacking fullbacks. Zuma has been insane this season. Goal threat, clean sheet potential. Zuma could be a good pick if you want to move sideways from a Chelsea defender. You know, make sure you still have someone for the double game week. So, yeah, that five-ish option, I think Zuma, followed by Westergaard. And at budget pick, Sam, is the best guy Kufal? Yeah, definitely um, by a mile, I think. Kufal followed by Taylor. All right, let's move on to midfielders, right? Really simple here. If you're planning to build a team for the double... Uh, first guy you gotta have Salah no need to explain why you, sure you gotta have Bruno not, uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> I would say Salah and Bruno are equal first you know sure Sam we'll, we'll, we'll let you have that since he got one point extra let's not forget Salah got his points in 33 minutes Bruno needed 90 or oh, well <laughs> 60 something whatever but okay Salah Bruno non-negotiable gotta have them now let's talk about the next guy KDB. So we've got a question here from FPL Hafiz. Is going without KDB from game week 15 onwards a viable option? We've got a question from Rajveer asking, is it good after game week 15 to stay away from Man City assets? Now, KDB has been frustrating for some. Uh, FPL Pacino asking us whether she should go Sun over KDB from game week 16 onwards. KDB hasn't exploded the way people thought he would. He's done all right. Since game week 9, KDB is 5th in the league for points, behind Salah, Bruno, Vardy and Son. He's at 38 points. Salah has 51, Bruno 49, Vardy 42, Son 42. He's not that far behind. But people are getting frustrated because over the last 3 game weeks, he's sort of ticked over without not really exploding, not really delivering captaincy hauls. You don't have KDB, Sam. Are you planning... Yeah, you do not. And you've seemed to have weathered that. I have KDB and it's, it's getting a bit annoying because he's taking up a lot of budget. If I took KDB out tomorrow, I could really revamp my defense, get in Robo, get in Trent. I could do so many things. I could get in Vardy. Yeah. Would if you, you want dare... five points every week, you could just have DCL. I have DCL and I love DCL and I don't, I'm so not ready to sell him yet, but we'll come to forwards later. My question for you, Sam, would you dare to sell KDB before Newcastle? That's the first question. Okay, I mean, if I had KDB, theoretically speaking, definitely I would not sell him before Newcastle. It's a good fixture. Why would you exit at this point? But 
if you look at the longer term view, I think it's okay to go without KDB. So what I did was, I don't know, what was it? Three weeks ago, I had only money to have one more premium option alongside Bruno. I was not going to sell Bruno. A lot of people were advocating that, if you remember. They were going, okay, you know, we'll go Bruno and then after that we'll sell Bruno for KDB. Bad choice if you did that. Bruno has outscored KDB by a lot since then. So I had to choose one between Salah or KDB. I went for Salah. I've been vindicated in my choice, so I'm really happy about that. That said, it is really nerve-wracking to not have any City players. Every City game, I'm just... If I'm watching the game, I'm just hoping that KDB doesn't do anything. Just Every time he takes a shot, I'm like, please miss, please miss. <laughs> I'm just hoping that Sterling and Jesus can continue not being able to finish properly. Because he does set up the chances for them. But just the way City is playing as a whole, I think it's okay to go without them. Not that I feel that KDB is not going to get points. It's just that Salah, in my opinion, will get more points than KDB. I I agree with all those points, yeah. But if you're talking about with Sun, now that's a different story because Sun is cheaper, right? So he's not really in the same bracket. I... It's not a I don't know. It's not an apple to apple comparison, right? If you're no, talking about but... value for money, sorry, 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 I keep interrupting you. But <laughs> if you're talking about value for money, then yes, of course, Sun is great. You know, for his money, he's like what is it, one point something cheaper than KDB. Almost two, I think. Yeah, one point seven somewhere around there. But yeah, of course, if you look at it that way, Sun is a great option to have. Now, the question is, if you're selling KDB for Sun, what are you going to do with that extra money? And that's the key to the answer of this question. You can't just take like, oh, KDB or Sun, who is better? I agree with all those points. I think, let's just start off with the first point. I have KDB. I've thought about selling him this week, and I've reached the conclusion it's just not worth the risk. We've spoken about this a lot on previous pods. All of these guys are premium assets. They can haul. They may not be doing it every week but you would feel really annoyed if you sell KDB before Newcastle and then he gets a double-digit haul. He's quite capable of doing that. Newcastle are a very bad team. A really, really, really bad team. Okay, I cannot emphasize that enough. So they, they lost 4-1 to United. You just jinxed lo- it. It's going to be 1-0 with a Caleb Wilson penalty. No, it will be 2-1 with a KDB <laughs> penalty. Okay, and you know Newcastle have been bad. They lost to Chelsea 3-0. I think... If you've held KDB this long, give him that one more week. Don't burn yourself by chasing other guys. It's always tempting to look at last week's hauls. Last week, we saw Robo haul. So now everybody wants Robo in this week and they're willing to sell KDB to get there. Be patient. Try and, you know, give it that one more week. I would do that. I would certainly advise that. Unless you don't have a playing team, I think you hold on to KDB for this week. Then you can sell because it's Everton at Chelsea and he doesn't have a double. And that's where we come to Sun and whether Spurs are better value from game week 16 onwards. Now, Spurs do not have a double, but they have great fixtures. They play Fulham from game week 16, Leeds, Villa, and Sheffield United. A lot of people went off Spurs, and last week, for the first time, those people were vindicated. Spurs blanked against Leicester, Sun blanked, Kane blanked. We've got a few questions here about Spurs. Stadium of Sports asking us, what about Spurs assets? Will they provide enough returns to keep them? Mohammed asking us, is it worth having Sun and Kane, despite the fact they are non-double gaming players? 
Nick asking us, is it worth bringing Kane when you already have Sun? And he wants to remind everyone that I captained Sun last week. Sam, we had Sun and Kane. And yes, we have some very some very vindictive listeners, but I will, I will take this abuse because I still think Sun is a great asset. But I'm far less convinced of the need to double up Sun and Kane, especially when you have someone like Jamie Vardy in such good form who has a double. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. So like I was saying earlier, I think that all your transfers from now until the double game week, you should aim to bring in a double game week player. As good as Kane and Sun is as an asset, you would definitely put money on someone, another premium option who has a double game week to score more, you know? And some of them have good fixtures coming up. So I really don't see a reason to double up on Kane and Sun right now. And even if you don't have any and you just want to bring in one, I would maybe think twice at this point, just at least until after the double game week. Is it solely because they don't have a double or are you concerned about the performance against Leicester? The fact that maybe teams are starting to figure them out. They've already been having low stats for the last few weeks in terms of shots and XG. Maybe Sun and Kane not as essential as we once thought they were. No, I think it's definitely just a double gimmick for me. If it wasn't for that, I still think that Sun and Kane are great options to have. And I don't know, stats just don't seem to tell the picture, right? You can look, if you didn't watch the game and you just look at the XG stats, you feel, oh, you know, they only had so few chances, low XG, blah, blah, blah. But if you watch the game, you can see that every single attacking chance, even if it's a so-called low XG chance, is definitely a goal-scoring potential for them, a goal-scoring chance for them. Sun's finishing is miles above anyone else for some reason this um, this season. He wasn't really... I mean, he's always been a good finisher, but not like this season. But he's doing it consistent enough to suggest that it's not an outlier anymore, that this is the trend for them. They're going to outperform their XG. Their start, short stats may be poor, but every shot is a potential goal for them. So I think they are still good options to have. It's just a double game week that would put me off just for the next few weeks. But the moment that double game week is over, I'm all in on Spurs assets again. I think, I mean, this is just my view. It's easy for me to say this because I have Sun, but I think it's okay to go for one of them, notwithstanding the fact they don't have a double because they play Fulham, Leeds, Villa, and Sheffield. And I think the strength of those single fixtures are good enough to make up for the fact they don't have a double, but I would only get one. I don't see the need to double up. I think there is enough value around. And I think something like this week, the results shows that you don't need to have both. I think you pick one. And we've discussed who we prefer. I think both of us have agreed we kind of prefer Sun just for the cash saving. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you in that sense. I think with those fixtures, it's okay to get in Sun. But of course, make sure you already have Bruno and you already have Salah first. You know what I mean? If you already are kind of happy with your potential double gimmick team, then yeah, you can bring in Sun, that's alright. But if you still don't really have your so-called optimal game week team yet, double game week team yet, then maybe you should just focus on bringing in those players first. What are your thoughts about Jack Grealish and uh, two players actually I want to ask you about? Jack Grealish and Marcus Rashford. So different price points. Let's deal with Rashford first because he's closer to Sun in price. A lot of people who already have Bruno are thinking about doubling up, going for Rashford. He blanked against Leeds, but before that he had a big haul against Sheffield United. 
United fans, Sam, would you touch Rashford? I don't know. I feel that he's quite at an awkward price point. He's 9.5, which is really expensive. Even more than Sun was at the start of the season. He's had 5 goals and 4 assists so far. He's doing decent. He's ticking over. But I just feel for a little bit more, you know, you can go Bruno and uh, Sun even. is probably a better option. That said, for the double game week, I am tempted to bring in Rashford. Of course, uh, I'm not going to sell Sun for him. But if I was, you know, maybe wild cutting or, or whatever, I would be tempted to double up with Bruno and Rashford. But just yeah, I think I probably s- get them for the double itself, not before yeah. that. Isolating that though, just Rashford on his own, I feel that he's just at this awkward price point that it's not really worth getting him right now. Still Talk to me about as a player and as a person though. <laughs> As a person, yes, Marco Rashford, what, what a human being. Jack Grealish, Sam. We've got a question here from Afield Pacino. What are your thoughts about keeping Jack Grealish? Because Villa Talisman, no double, and quite clearly not on pens. El Ghazi took another pen this week. Jack Grealish, Sam, you own him. Are you going to keep him through these doubles? Yeah, of course. He's a great player. Five goals, eight assists so far this season. It's crazy. He's already had four double-digit hauls. For his price, that's insane. Nine bonus points. You say he's not on pants, but that's only while El Ghazi is playing. And El Ghazi is not actually the first choice. So I think once people start coming back from injury, then um, El Ghazi will lose his place. And then hopefully Jack Grealish will go back to being the main penalty taker. But I think just even without that penalty issue, that aside, just his points that he's bringing in at his price definitely keep... You s- I mean, people keep saying that he doesn't have a double game week coming up in 19. Yes, he doesn't. But he has two double game weeks coming up in the future. So I see no reason to sell, especially if you got him in early. Um, I got him in at 7.1. Yeah. So definitely, I'm not going to sell because you're putting so much more money to bring him back in later. But if you're transferring him in, then I would say hold off and get a double gimmick player. What about fixtures, Sam? Because for people who already have him, he's got Palace, then it's Chelsea, United, Spurs. Would you not be tempted to try and look at somebody who has a double, like Mason Mount, Jared Bowen, Rafinha, any of those guys, or you feel Grealish beats all of them? No, I wouldn't sell my Grealish because, like I said earlier, I will lose too much value to try and bring him again once he has those two double game weeks which are coming up in future. So I wouldn't sell. But if you are bringing someone in at a, as a mid-range uh, midfielder, then all those options are good. Particularly, I like Bowen. West Ham has good fixtures coming out and he has double game weeks, so Bowen seems good for me. Suchek, of course, is cheap and equally as good. So there are quite a few options there. At the budget, no, no, not really budget, right? Mid-price midfielders. I'm really keen on Mason Mount for what it's worth. I wasn't convinced at the start of the season, but he's started every game since game week seven. He's played the full 90 in every game since game week seven. He's got four assists. He's on most of their set pieces. Now with Chilwell out, he should have all of them. Got another assist this week. I think 6.9 is a good sort of entry into that Chelsea attack without burdening yourself with guys like Werner. I would love to have Tammy or Giroud, but they're both not nailed. Mount is. Clearly, Lampard loves him. He is nailed right now, right? Based on their current performance, based on his performance, his form, 
he is nil. But in future, we don't know when this will be. But eventually, you have to expect Harvest to take back his place. As, you know, uh, how much was he? Extremely expensive player. I mean, he's going through a patch of bad form right now. He's not really adjusting well to the Premier League. But eventually, I don't know when this eventually will be, right? It could be two weeks from now. It could be five weeks. It could be, you know, next season. But eventually, Mount will lose his place to Havertz. So just, you know, be prepared for this if you bring in Mount. Don't expect him to play the full 90 up to the end of the season, right? It's one of those where you kind of, you bring him in, you enjoy his points now, but always have an exit plan. I agree with all those points. And I think, uh, yeah, you don't get tied to him. He's not a season keeper. At some point, Lampard's got to play all these expensive guys they bought for him. But right now, he's good value. And hopefully it stays that way up to game week 19 and a lot can change. So try and be flexible with your transfers. If you you know, can put it off till game week 17, you know, put it off. If you can put it off till 19 itself, you know, by all means do so because you get more information as the game week comes along. Let's move on to forwards. I think this is one I really want to talk about here. We've got a question from loyal listener, big supporter, FPL Zhao, asking us about premium strikers with double game week in mind, Marshall, Firmino or Vardy. Now, all of these guys have come into form. I'm really happy to see Anthony Marshall come back into form because he was such a big asset for me last season. Bobby Firmino, who has not been a genuine FPL asset for, I can't remember, maybe when he was back as a midfielder. Now he's classified as a forward, but he's been doing well. You know, he's he's got the high, sixth highest points since game week nine. And then you've got Jamie Vardy, who has exploded as soon as I sold him, as you do, but still great fixtures, still got a double. And Leicester looks so confident. They beat Spurs. Best premium forward, Sam, with the double game week in mind. I will go for Vardy. Bear in mind that Leicester is extremely inconsistent. Vardy will get you a double-digit haul one week and then, you know, have two points for the next two weeks. Suddenly haul again with 11 points or something like that. But, you know, looking at the fixtures, looking at the, the players... Uh, the potential options that we have I think Vardy is the best option just don't captain him I feel I don't know Vardy is one of those players where it's good to have over a long period of time but if you want to captain him on specific fixtures so-called easy fixtures right then to get burned which I think that's what happened to you right yeah I brought him in for Fulham and Sheffield and uh, yeah so you know one blank well one assist and one goal it didn't go great I sold him for Salah so I don't have too many regrets I needed Salah but I, I can totally see what you mean. And even this week, he wouldn't have hauled against Spurs if Serge Aurier didn't have a brain fart and just, you know, elbow Justin in the middle of the field. No, Fofana. For no reason at all. He's on the edge of the box. And Vardy gets a pen. He always puts away those pens. So the hauls are going to be really unpredictable. You just got to, you know, strap yourself in and enjoy the ride. Yep. Agreed. Going to Marshall as a United fan, I don't know. Okay, he had a really good game against Leeds. But... So far, this entire season, he's only had two good games. Leeds game and then one of the... Oh, which game was it? I can't even remember it right now. One of the, the Champions League games or something like that. But basically, still not really showing his form like he did last season. If he puts in another good performance this week, then I'll start to consider. But just one good performance is not enough to convince me yet. Firmino, Bobby... Oh man, I remember that first season when he came as a midfielder. He was so good for you young FPL players who don't even know this 
he was a really good asset to have in his first and even his second year, I think. But after that, he kind of drifted off, became, you know, um, sort of the supporting player to for Mane and Salah. And despite him having a good run of form recently, scoring 37 points since game week 9, I still feel that just the way Liverpool is set up, I know you'll be better putting money in Mane or Salah. Or even Robertson at that point. So I'm not too convinced on Firmino either. Yeah, I, I think I just want to highlight one point. Since game week 9, right? So Firmino's come into this great run of form. Since game week 9, he and Robertson have the same number of points. 38 points. Robertson is way cheaper. 7.2 to Firmino's 9.2. So I think that just in itself shows that Robertson is the better value asset. If not for Robertson, I would consider Firmino. It's just such an awkward price point as well. 9.2 is really hard. Uh, if you have Ings, maybe you can move up there, but it's just not for me. But if you're on a free hit in the double game week for some reason, then yeah, Firmino is the kind of guy you go for. One week punt, you never know what could happen. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Budget options, Sam. You, you, you've you got Ings, right? So you're on the lookout for replacements. I've got Che Adams and Patrick Bamford. I'm very happy with both of them. Adams has only blanked three times since game week five. With Ings out, he's the main man again. He looked good against City. I think he's good for returns going forward. Got a double. Patrick Bamford shoots for fun, misses for fun, but, you know, still a a good asset, I think, FPL-wise. Better asset for me than Rodrigo because his shots uh, over the past three game weeks, he's got a higher XG, 1.33 to Rodrigo's 0.81. I still think Patrick Bamford is the main man, although he's slightly more expensive than Rodrigo. If you had to pick one, Sam, who would you pick? Uh, so I thought about this a lot, right? Because with Ings out, I had to pick a player. Originally, my plan was to partner Ings with Bamford. But now that Ings is out, I've changed my plan. It'll probably go Ings to Adams. I'm really jealous of your two players because both of them are my top two options in the budget striker op- um, category. But yeah, Adams seems to me he stands out. And he actually played really well the last time Ings was injured. So if you expect him to replicate that again, he can't, you know, if he relishes being the main striker again, then I think that Ings is a good option to have. Still cheap. Bamford Sorry, also is a good option though. He has, um, Leeds have good fixtures coming up, good scorable fixtures. So I think both are good options. If you had to pick one, then Adams is the better pick for me. But, you know, both is good. Both have double game weeks. If you can, I you know, if you're looking for two budget strikers, try to get both of them. Callum Wilson, Sam. You have Callum Wilson. And a lot of people are selling Callum Wilson this week because they play City, Liverpool, and Leicester. And they don't have a double, Newcastle. Are you going to hold on to Callum Wilson? And would you advise other people to do so? So, original plan was to go Callum Wilson to Bamford. Unfortunately, because of Ings' injury and Chilwell and James... I can't. I don't have the transfer to take him out, so I'm just going to bench him for the next few weeks for Suchek. Um, lucky I brought him Suchek, I guess, because West Ham has good fixtures coming up. Newcastle have bad fixtures coming up. So I weighed it up. I'll probably play a 3-5-2 in the double game week with um, Suchek there, bench uh, Wilson. And I'm happy to keep Wilson moving forward You know, towards a, a long period of time. So I'm okay with just keeping him on the bench for the next few weeks. So, but my original strategy, which if you're not burdened by injuries like me, is to sell Wilson. If you can, I would do that. I don't have the transfers to spare, but if you do, I would sell Wilson for Ings or Bamford. 
I don't envy you, Sam, because benching an asset like Wilson, I feel you are going to get burned. Somehow he's going to score a goal against one of these teams, you know, some jammy pen or something, and I feel like you're going to get burned. But I can understand why you're doing it. Yeah, just purely playing the fixtures, you know. We have a question from FT Lol asking us about the best value strikers, 5.5 million and under. For me, it's just Welbeck. I cannot see any other option. Welbeck has returned four uh, in four of his last six games. He didn't start against West Ham, uh, against Sheffield because Potter said he needed a break. Uh, you know, Welbeck's obviously injury prone, but he came on and scored. Mixed fixtures, West Ham, Arsenal, Wolves, City, Leeds next. Brighton don't have a double. But if you really want somebody in that bracket, he's the only one I would touch. I would not go Bobby Reed, who has four goals this season, but he plays for Fulham. Bad fixtures coming up. Uh, Southampton, Spurs, Burnley, Chelsea, United. Not great fixtures. And he plays for Fulham. Yes, he's starting now, but Mitrovic could always come back and take that place. McGoldrick plays for Sheffield United. Same issues. I feel the fixtures aren't great. No double. For me, it's just Danny Welbeck and no one else at that price point. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I wouldn't even really... <laughs> it's tough to even recommend Welbeck as an asset. But I guess if you're looking at 5.5, just someone who plays is really good. And the fact that Welbeck is returning is a great big bonus at that price. So if you need a 5.5 striker, you can't look any further than Danny Welbeck. Right, let's talk captaincy. And listeners, just a heads up, we're going to talk captaincy for game weeks 15, 16, and 17. Because Sam and I are going to take a bit of a Christmas break. So this will be the last part for this year. Sam, let's... Uh, gaming 15, easiest question ever. Do not tell me you are captaining Bruno, Sam, when Salah is playing West Brom. No, I'll probably captain Salah. Not that I don't think that Bruno is going to play well. But, you know, Salah's in good form against West Brom. Still dealing with the transition. Although, you know, there is the fear, so-called fear of the new manager bounce. We'll see if Big Sam can pull off a, you know, a defensive masterclass. But for now, I think the armband's on Salah. And definitely, you wouldn't pick KDB against Newcastle unless you didn't have Salah, right? I mean, I, I don't have KDB. But if I had, then... I, I don't know. On one hand, KDB could haul, but at the same time, the way City has been playing, it's like no one wants to score... After one goal, <laughs> you know, strikers intentionally missing. Even KDB himself, not really putting away chances that he would have last season. So, uh, second choice, of course, would be Bruno, in my opinion. And third only, I will put it on KDB. Yeah, I mean, watching KDB corner flag against Southampton, trying to hold on to one nil lead, was just sad. I, I don't know whether that illustrates just how good Southampton have become or just how, you know, how poor City's attack is. Let's move on to Game Week 16. Uh, we've got the fixtures in front of us. The big standout fixture for me is Salah against Newcastle. You've also got Sun and Kane playing Fulham. For me, I would still pick Salah over the Spurs guys. Fulham have been improving recently. Yeah. Oh, this is a tough one. It's actually kind of tough to predict your captain ahead of time because so much can change, right? Uh, the most recent game is always fresh in our mind. You know what I mean? So yeah. let's say Bruno Hall's in the previous in uh, game week 15, Salah blanks, then definitely our mind will be on Bruno over Salah for this fixture. But looking at it right now, I think, yeah, you can't look past Salah again against Newcastle. I would be tempted to get Vardy in for the Palace fixture, you know, with Palace losing 7-0. But like we discussed, captaining feels a bit of a risk. Palace drew 1-1 with Spurs. Six days later, they lose 7-0 to Liverpool. 
I don't think they're going to repeat that too often. I think Hodgson, you know, he felt, he seemed to take the result quite badly and I think he'll try and tighten up. Agreed, agreed. And just game week 17 finishing it off. And listen, we will post all our captaincy choices before the game weeks come. But, you know, just discussing it now, you've got Sun and Kane versus Leeds in game week 17. And that looks to be the standout. Bruno plays Villa, Salah against Southampton, uh, Leicester at Newcastle. So again, you're seeing the same names pop up, you know, and probably that's a good idea of why you should own all of them. But for captaincy in game week 17, I would look at Spurs v Leeds. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one, right? Because none of them really have really um, standout fixtures. But looking at it right now, I think you're right. Spurs against Leeds, Leeds leaky at the back. So Spurs, oh yeah, and Spurs has a counter-attacking style of play, which really worked for United. Could work for them again. And, you know, be able to exploit Leeds' weakness. So, Sun against Leeds or Kane, if you have him, seems like the best option to have. Agreed. And uh, let's finish up with our mini-league update. So, the mini-league code is 05TM12, all small letters. And Paul Ozegbe, who has been leading our mini-league for, you know, since basically it started, he's now top 3K in the world. That's, it's just, it's just amazing. I'm so happy to see that. And we want to give a shout out as well to ADK, who is fourth in our mini league. He got 100 points this week, smashed it. Wow. And he did it with Welbeck in the team, Sam. Welbeck bringing in the points. Yeah, D Welbs. All right, everybody. So this that's the end of this pod. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a great uh, 2020. We're glad to have you on board. If you like the pod, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, we will be back in 2021 after game week 17 and before blank game week 18. See you then. Yep. So we're gonna I think we're gonna just take the opportunity to wish everyone a happy new year. Stay safe out there guys. Um don't get lost in the festivities. Remember to update your FPL team in between the parties and the dinners and things like that. Alright? See you all. Merry Christmas, happy new year, goodbye everyone, and good luck. Oh, this is the thing.